0: And go through the door with his you know nose turned up and giggling the whole way,
1: oh, yeah, I think there's definitely like just a a complete tension cutting moment where we are functionally teenagers going like <laughs> ho, ho, yes, yes, I do say. <laughs>
2: here and ready to go for the uh the show for the money too for the show good evening rifters welcome to season one of the role-playing rats live stream and podcast and if you are returning to the fold then welcome back you are incredibly appreciated for sticking with us you know, I, I saw that Pinnacle released a Rifts for Savage Worlds Mega Bundle last week for users of Foundry VTT, and it's kind of got me hoping more people are getting interested in the Rifts Megaverse. It's always kind of been a niche RPG, and maybe they'll start to come across our digital breadcrumbs on the blog a blag But I digress. Listeners, the game tonight is a tabletop role-playing game called Rifts, and the rule set is Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Returning this session is Icy Macaw playing Tyler, the Glitterboy pilot. Kintaro playing Slash, the Mars Package Mercenary Soldier, and Revolver Octorok, playing Graham the Leyline Walker, and I, Five Zef, am your Game Master. Thank you all for joining us today, and if you're catching the podcast, thank you for the downloads, likes, comments, and if you can't join us live, we, then we've also added a Twitter account, so you can give us a follow, follow at RoleplayingRats. Rats, that's R-O-L-E Playing Rats, and tell us how we're doing. So last session, the southbound Roleplaying Rats crested a Five thousand foot mountain trail, and entered the village of North Pass, one of the baronies, one of the gateways to the barony of Pride's Shield. They've come thousands of miles through bandits, giant worms, and highwaymen to find themselves in a small town down on its luck, about half a day's journey from their real goal, a booming mining town that's rumored to offer a one-way lottery ticket to Utopia. The village has made a celebrity of the glitter boy pilot and his horse Patty. Slash has found the whiskey and an oily rag for his pistol, and Graham's organized mind found some chinks in his philosophy, his companions, and his meticulous notes. If you missed us last week, then head on over to roleplayingrats.com or check out the podcast on your preferred platform because it is after some great roleplaying and information gathering at the local dive bar that we rejoin our erstwhile heroes. Slash stands on the porch of the bar Saloon doors swinging behind him in the crisp mountain breeze, pushing dust through the village of North Pass at 5,000 feet elevation. It's about two in the afternoon as he takes another pull from the whiskey bottle and continues stripping and cleaning his Wilkes 320 classic. Graham, Tyler, the two of you left the bar, and when you, Tyler, admired the notepad that Graham was using to track miscellaneous errata, he produced another just for you from under his cloak. Damned useful thing to have around, these ley-lined walkers. Damn useful. I'll ask you to lead off, Tyler. What's going through your head? What's the actions that we have as you take that pad, pen, and hustle over to the southeast side of the village in the first of the three warehouses? I will also drop that map back into chat.
0: Uh, So what what Tyler's doing at this point is just half the time spending, uh, like doing exactly what Graham's doing and just looking through these warehouses and trying to figure out what was in them, uh, how much, uh, it was worth per se, see if it's something we wanted to take care of. Unlikely, but potential. And, uh, continuing to watch how Graham uses his, uh, notebook and see if it's how I can use this new tool that I haven't, uh, really used a whole lot. I've the kept things in my head, so writing everything down is, is kind of fun and a way to keep everything organized. So just continuing to go through and uh, making sure that we can do that while keeping in mind that we're looking for a spot too for all of our refugees to kind of spend the
2: night before we move on to Pride Shield. Okay, well, fantastic. I think it's it's kind of fun to think that a a pad and paper is um, you know might be something very pedestrian to someone from an academic background, but for Tyler, it's a you know a novelty item almost, and like, oh, this is this is cool, man. And mm-hmm. so Graham. Are you are you in lockstep with Tyler as we move to the warehouses and begin to rip doors open and treat it like it's Christmas?
1: Uh, I think so. I think uh, this is um, a small and like this is pr- probably the most relaxed Graham has been able to be since setting out. And this is something that is simple. There's nobody else sort of relying on him. He's you know, part of a very, very small team right now. Like in this instance, it's just him and Tyler. Like that's how he's framing it in his own mind. Um, you know, he he doesn't have refugees to count. He's thinking about them and what to do. But this is like, this is the kind of boring office work that you can almost do as meditation.
2: Sure, sure. That's Great. All right. Well, gentlemen, as if we use the term loosely, as the two of you get to the first warehouse and peel the door back, uh, you notice that all the warehouses look about the same sheet metal, maybe on wooden beam or something like that. The barn doors on the front of the first warehouse screech open unceremoniously. And as the light spills in through the doors behind you and through a few dusty high windows, you see that Apart from a few crumpled drop claws and a broken crate, it looks totally empty, and you are both welcome to give me notice rolls as you peer into the shadows and dimly lit side runs of the warehouse. Right. Uh, I critically fail. Nice. <laughs> this, is going, this is going well. It may have gotten dust in your eye there. Uh, and Graham, what have we got there?
1: Uh, we aced, actually, so we generated an 11.
2: Oh, fantastic, so uh, basic success is a four, that's one raise to get over to eight, and so while uh, Tyler immediately starts hacking on the dust, the Leyline walker with his heavy face gear peers in and even takes a step inside, and you can see that it is, it is in fact just as uh, old Glenn at the bar said, that it is empty, there's nothing of note here, some broken open containers, some crumpled boxes, some drop cloths tumbled to the ground, broken machine parts that aren't really recognizable and scrape and drag marks that lead to the front door.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, scrape and drag marks, just sort of like typical wear and tear for a warehouse kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wear and tear old shop, worn warehouse.
1: Yeah. You know, like forklifts or dollies or something has been through here. Like that's yeah. So nothing that really strikes, uh, nothing that stands out.
2: No, nothing at all. Not with a success and raise. There's nothing that leaps out at you.
1: I mean, to be fair, this is this is exactly what we expected. This is what was uh, was told to us is, you know, they'd been picked apart, picked clean. Um, and what we'd gotten from uh, old Glenn was that, like, basically these warehouses used to store, like, pretty much everything that the town sort of trades in and, and stores, right? So, like, presumably food, you know, mechanical parts, things like that, like, just all across the board.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a thoroughfare. This is one of the gateways to the barony. And, it you know, this town would have seen food stores. Um, This could have potentially been machine parts and uh, caravan stop. So all of your assumptions are pretty much on the money. And that's the way that Glenn made it sound. And everything was taken by the bandits that blew through town a couple of days ago. Okay. Uh,
1: I make a note of, you know, I think, if nothing else, without having... Um, like there's no product here to take inventory of, um, there's a few probably notes that get scribbled into, um, the, uh, notebook and, uh, you know, a few just sort of asides, but probably the only real information that, that, uh, Graham writes down is probably like, he probably roughly estimates the dimensions of the warehouses.
2: (laughs) Sure. So these are pretty standard elephant barns, maybe 40 by 60 ish 60
1: (laughs) plus slash minus Eh, five feet. Um, Yeah, he just basically just does some some quick mental math of like how comfortably we might be able to fit our people in here. Um, But this is looking like if if all the rest of them are similar to this, everybody's going to have plenty of space just, you know, for the one night that we're planning on staying here.
2: Yeah, for for inventory, not so exciting. For refugee camping, you could probably actually squeeze the whole wagon train into one warehouse. That's what I was thinking, but you know, let's let's give them as much space as we can feasibly manage. Certainly, certainly, Tyler. Any any repartee? Uh, nope, not at this point. I I agree with them. Let's
0: let's kind of get the people in here and uh, get them set up, and in the morning I think take off because. The bandits kind of went in a spot where it's not going to be easy to get them, so we can't, you know, go avenge the town at this moment. Uh, maybe at some point in time we'll find them
1: again and can can bring some stuff back. Is that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but is that like something that you would voice to to Graham?
0: I would likely voice it. I, I might be muttering it under my breath type of thing. Just like, oh man, we can't, we're not going to be able to get this stuff back. we we'll gonna have to. Well, maybe maybe if we win uh, Pride's game, maybe we can take a small portion and give it to the town or something.
1: Uh, Graham like pipes up, like obviously like shadowing you and listening to you. Is like if we really wanted to, we absolutely could get down there. You think a little dirt's gonna stop uh, Leyline Walker? I can, we
0: can, we can burrow. You know that. True, but I think at this point they're probably wherever they were. It, there's probably an exit on the other side, and knowing that they had a you know us on. <laughs> on the rear, mm, uh, I wouldn't yeah. stay around.
1: This is fair though. I think, uh, I think he might be right about this. This might be one that we just got to let go. Yeah. I think, I think
0: that'd be the best idea and we'll just help them any way we can. You know, I've got, I've got some extra credits. We can give them a little bit of that, or I can give them a little bit of that and help out the town just make sure they're not going to starve anytime soon.
1: I don't think there's any danger of that. I think I remember old Glenn saying that, uh, they're expecting the people to, they're, they're, Form a government, or whoever they called out to is supposed to be here any any day now. Is sort of the impression that I got from them. So uh-huh, oh, that's I think right. they're in yeah, good yeah. shape. I mean, they're obviously not in good shape right this minute, but I don't think they're, <laughs> you know, they're in danger of uh, being left to to waste away.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, let's go, let's go uh, get them into the uh, into the warehouses so we can get them some rest, and uh, then we can move on.
1: Alright. I think uh, probably like gesture, like a, maybe a little over dramatically, like with almost a, a bow and a flourish to be like after you, oh glorious glitter boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tyler will Tyler will bow profusely and well, uh, oh, why thank you, good sir, and do his best, uh, you know, kind of the old videos that he's seen here and there of like knights and stuff and try to mimic the voice and and go through the door with his you know, nose turned up and giggling the whole
1: way. Oh, yeah. I think there's definitely like just a, a complete tension-cutting moment where we are functionally teenagers going like, Ho-ho, <laughs> yes, yes, I do
2: say. <laughs> this is fantastic. So with that, as you two head back from the warehouse, we will cut over to uh, Slash. After about 10 minutes, as you're putting the 320 back together... You see that some locals are inching closer to the glitter boy. You've been keeping an eye on them surreptitiously, of course, while you field strip your pistol, and they seem more in awe than up to no good. A little guy, maybe four or five reaches out and touches a finger to one of the kneecaps and uh tyler i'm I'm curious as to what your glitter boy's alarm does as slash witnesses this
0: uh the the alarm system is is not set up for, like, really light touches. I mean, it's a Glitter Boy. It can take some damage. So I would have made it so that way it takes a little bit. Like, you'd have to hit it almost with a baseball bat to to make it actually ring. Because there were a couple times where I parked it by a tree. And uh, I, I didn't huh. like that very much with the alarms.
2: Sure. So it's not uh, not so much as touching the motorcycle gas tank. It's when you rock it up off the kickstand that the alarm goes off. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh slash, you know, nothing happens. The kids are starting to touch the arm. People are starting to gather around. Um, Just some
3: flavor here, but any reaction from our, our old soldier on the porch? Nah, I'm just going to put my cigarette down and put my pistol back together and watch him and just kind of chuckle to myself, going, it take more than just touching it to get that thing to make some noise. I've seen a tree fall on that thing and it didn't make an alarm and just kind of watch him as they... As they play with it, and just watch those kids look at it and climb on it a little bit and just kind of realize that it's like, you know, civilians looking at a tank. It's not something they see every day. It's kind of cool if they can get up close and touch it, so I'm just going to watch and put my pistol back together. Cool. I I love that. That's that's about as wholesome as riffs gets,
2: people. So, you get the Tolkien refugees situated in the warehouse, and... Uh seems nobody's making any kind of fuss. Just as you surmise, they have all had a very long day. Uh, very heavy couple of encounters there, and they almost lost one of their number. Uh, the worldly possessions seem to have taken a toll on them, as many of them had just left with what they could carry. and At this point in the journey, all they had left was the few things that were most sentimentally precious to them. So that seems to be of more concern than any physical woes and ills, but they're very happy to bed down in this early afternoon and looking forward to what is hopefully a long and restful night. Is there anything that any of you, the three of you would like to do in say the four to six hours ish before a reasonable bedtime or, you know, through the night? Uh, I think at this point, uh,
0: Tyler's just, he's, he's
2: been through a battle as well. He's just
0: time to Time to relax, he makes sure everybody's kinda settled for the night, and then he'll do the same thing. Okay. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think if we get everybody in there, um Graham basically just futzes with his uh his new uh more compact version of his uh uh roster of uh refugees. And I think he'd probably just fiddles with it, like just adds little notes here. You know, does a second page of, you know, uh other pieces of information and is just having a quiet time to himself, basically. Unless something unless anything interesting is going on, basically. I think he's sort of wrapped up in that.
2: Or kinda edit that uh, rapid hand back to shorthand so he can translate it to common later. Basically, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he wants to he's gonna
1: produce a document that anybody else could use if they
2: needed to, but at the moment sure. it's not there yet. Sure, sure. Slash, anything for you through the
3: afternoon and into the evening? Nah, just quiet evening. Just get my stuff together. I'm going to ask Tyler if they found anything interesting or of use in the warehouses in his notes and just kind of make sure Graham and all the refugees are alright.
0: We found a whole lot of nothing in those warehouses. Uh, Looks like they picked it pretty much clean. Well,
3: dang. That's too bad, then.
0: Ah, eh, there might be a time we catch up to them and we'll, we'll make them, uh, give back, uh, what they took, uh, either in <laughs> actual what they took or we'll take a, you know, a pound of flesh.
2: Sounds good. All right. Well, with that, the night passes relatively uneventfully. It's a town. There's a glitter boy parked out in the, in the high street and, um, you know, other than some passersby coming to ask some questions and even one old lady bringing a couple of baked pies, there's nothing of note that happens through the night. And the sun dawns on our group in the village of North Pass, uh, about a half a day's walk from the Barony of Pride's Shield, the heart of what they hope to be their final destination. If there was nothing else on your list, then... I think we can accelerate here through some of the RP of leaving the town. And I presume you're you would situate the refugees for travel and direct them down to uh you know, carry on. Absolutely.
0: And then uh same thing, I'll lead up the group and, you know, lead out in front of everybody by at least a couple hundred yards just so if anybody takes a pot shot they can can hit me and uh, this time, uh, how do we want to do our, our travel? Do we want to kind of change it up a bit? Maybe, Graham, you sit in the middle and Slash, you kind of take up the rear so we don't get someone coming up behind us again?
3: That sounds like a plan to me.
1: This will uh, this will do. I'm I'm most comfortable there, I think.
3: Though I will be up in the air so I have better view of everything.
1: Sounds
0: good.
3: Tally-ho! All right, so we have our marching order together. The heroes
2: and their train of still thirty refugees in the city of Tolkien head out from North Pass. The switchback road down the mountain is a uh, almost night and day as you cross the you know the ridge and start to come down the other side. You have some beautiful forest where prior it was mostly desolate and and just sort of rocky rocky mountain hillside. And as you start down, at first Graham, it's a an itch. The base of your spine and you think oh did I get did I get sand somewhere while I was sleeping and then as you take a few more steps no 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 that feeling grows much much warmer and you are fairly certain your supernatural ley line walker senses that there are ley lines underground uh, approximately midway between you and the town that as you come midway down the mountain, we're at about 3,000 feet elevation now, you can see it wheeling out a plateau ahead of you all and spread in a shoulder of the mountain pass. Almost a third of a wagon wheel that must be, has to be, uh, the seat of this barony of Pride's shield, this mining barony here in the northern hands of New Mexico as we know it today. You have any, any questions for me there, Graham, about what you're, what you're picking up on your, your Spidey sense? Oh yeah, of course. Um, you can't, you can't
1: tease me with a ley line and not expect me to, to sup at it. Um, so I think, yeah, that's one of the first things that, that, you know, catches Graham's attention. I was like, Oh, this is, this is good. For the first thing that, that response to that feeling is like, this is good. You know, this is a, a resource and, don't think he really I, I think at the beginning at least he doesn't bring anyone else's attention to it. Um, because he knows nobody else here has this um would understand it kind of like the same way that he does. Um, but a hundred percent he would like want to sort of figure out more about where this ley line is and which direction it runs. Um Probably to the point that if he had to like stray a little bit from the group, like they we were talking about having him being sort of the middle, uh, I think this probably grabs his attention so significantly that he would sort of wander off. Probably not like completely abandon the the party, um, but I think he would like. Oh, he's supposed to be in the center, and that's sort of what we agreed for our. You know uh marching order, hey no, 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 I gotta go over to the side there's 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 something over here
2: is it uh you know is it to the point where instead of hitting a switchback, you just sort of keep heading straight down the path because it is between you and the town, so you're not you know veering off in a random direction, you would just kind of keep tromping into the bushes. is it more trance like or is it like oh no i think I think this is the general direction. we should be good here
1: I think that it's probably. I would say, depending on what he senses, it could be to that point.
2: Sure. Um, one well, of the things, you know, lay out yeah, a little more, uh, please do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's you know you're at about what did I say about three thousand foot elevation coming down the mountain here, and you sense this between yourself and the city, and that means that I believe Leyland Walkers have a ten
1: mile uh, sensing. I have it up for you if you need some of that info. Yep, it's within ten miles. Uh, okay. How powerful it is? What direction yep. it flows?
2: Um, oh, yeah. and where it meets others at nexus points. Yeah, you get the full drip. So uh, it is about 10 miles. So you have, figure, have about 20 miles left to go to the city. It is running. You are moving south, or excuse me, you are moving north to south, and the ley line is running east to west, so uh, crossing your path about midway down, and you can feel a nexus off to the east by about, oh, it, it has to be like something like a hundred miles or so, uh, but you feel a nexus off to the west that you think could be a mere a mere is, is that like 20 miles like that's that's about as far as you are from the town now uh, just by your reckoning as you look down at it. the one that's flowing across your path is not that powerful, but you definitely feel mountains of power at the nexus to the west which Slightly concerns you, you're thinking now, as you're heading south towards this mining town, and you know that there are tunnels bored into the earth, as that's what mining towns do, and there's a nexus off of close by. It's just a a little creeping worry in the back of your head as you know what nexus points do.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, things in the dark. Is there any sense of, like, is there anything wrong with the energy uh, from the Ley Line? Like, if large amounts of energy are being like, um, manipulated from those. That's also part of the ley line walkers, uh, skill set. If, if it's being like siphoned off or if a rift is opening things like that.
2: No, there's no, there's nothing ill feeling or odd. The, um, the, yeah, the ley line that's crossing your path feels, feels like a a ley line in the wilderness and you, you think, you think it might be underground. In fact, you think it's probably buried by about 30 or 40 feet. Uh, until a few miles either side of you it's you know going through the mountains here but there's nothing that feels odd about it and to the east you feel that you know that's just a nexus point doing its thing to the west you don't feel rift energy but it's odd because usually you can at least get a a, you know a a tingling of there being ley lines beyond that nexus but you feel like it might actually be a terminus uh, at least going to the west maybe there's more north and south from there but it just it's just power that 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 end of the ley line. Uh
1: interesting. I think uh Graham is already making a note um, for things that he might want to test um, or keep an eye on as they get closer or as they are preparing to pass this ley line.
2: Okay, fantastic. Um, and I think he
1: will um, I think he will at that point go ahead and, and inform uh, Tyler and slash um, get on the radio and sort of be like, "Hey, I don't know if you guys have any, uh, for not to be patronizing, but uh, full understanding of it. But there's definitely a ley line uh, that we're going to cross up ahead at some point. Um, just you know, just for your uh, full understanding of the picture here, uh, there's definitely a, a magical ley line that runs through uh, the uh, the space between us and the the city.
0: Is are you telling us cause we need to worry about it? Like I, I'm not real, uh, up on ley lines. I, I know they're there, but, uh, should we avoid it? Should we do something about it?
1: Oh, well, we, we can't avoid it. Um, it's, it's miles and miles and miles and miles long, Tyler. We're, we're going to have to pass over it to get where we're going. Um, you know, there's always reason to be worried in this world of ours. Uh, And I'm not saying this is an additional cause, but, you know, Tyler, I think you understand that uh, understanding the full picture uh, and all the circumstances surrounding it, uh, you know, is uh, important to the calculations of how things should be approached. Ostensibly, it could be great for me. That's that's a great source of power to tap into, you know. Uh, if, uh, If we get in trouble, we can head for the ley line and, oh, man, I can do all kinds of things there.
0: Ah, so a good thing. All right. Let us know when we're close. If you need to do anything with it, or or what you do,
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's not so black and white. It's not, you know, always a good thing. Uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything.
0: No, no, it's all good. I just just want to make sure, like that. You're the expert on it uh, in the group, so make sure I'm I'm
2: appropriately dealing with the situation. Yeah, excellent, okay. excellent, excellent. So, uh, you know, we get. It's about 10 miles off, so I think that's going to be roughly another hour in overland travel if we're doing about four miles an hour. It's a pretty healthy pace. And so, uh, Tyler, you know, when you get about to the point where you feel like Graham said you'd be crossing this and he was mm-hmm. able to, you know, give you some distance, you could draw up a pin where you thought it was because he doesn't he doesn't have access to your armor's HUD or anything, uh, you get a, a this weird sort of... It's not like static in your armor, but it's a tingly feeling. It's almost like static in your body, and you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, this is this is the place that that must be a ley line."
0: Uh, he'll he'll get on the Tyler will get on the radio and be like, uh, "Graham, I I think we're here."
1: Uh, do uh, am
2: I aware of this is the right yeah. spot or not? Okay. No, absolutely. He's you know like, oh, yeah, he's he's definitely standing right over it, and uh, you know and, you know.
1: In that's- that case, I think that I've probably uh, well, he's at the front, right? So he's gonna be the first one to notice it. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I pick up the pace and basically leave the spot in the middle of the group and like walk to the front, like not like running or bolting or anything, but just like whatever pace they're traveling at. Uh, I'm traveling like twice as fast, like I'm hustling uh, to get to the
2: line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's fine. That's fine. You you move yourself up to the front easily enough. Uh, you know, there's nothing. Nothing untoward. As I said, the energy feels good. It's on the way down the mountain. There's nothing nothing that raises any hairs on the back of your neck. The trees seem a little bit greener here, and the sky seems a little bit bluer as you step into the closest proximity that you've been to a ley line in some time.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think yeah, if Graham can get to it, I'll just sort of, like, kneel down or, or like, kind of squat down uh, over the ley line or, like, along it. Um and just sort of put my hand down uh and feel for it, uh if it's still like running beneath the your-
2: Yep, you can't you can't get quite close enough to it. You know it's it's just there. It's about twenty or maybe thirty feet down. Not not this not today, says Graham to himself. And Graham silently looks at his tunneling spells. Is that what's happening right now? Don't call me out, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> You just went quiet real quick. I can get to that thing if I want to. (laughs)
1: I'm I'm trying to figure out how much Graham would want to uh, and whether he would.
2: um, Why don't you you roll me a d6 and that might give us a, you know, I can add in a, a story point here for you maybe if you roll me a d6. That is a, a clean three. We split it right down the middle. So it has been about three weeks since you last uh, came across a ley line in your path to the south. Uh, you you feel like you you know went through a sort of a weird band where things were running across the, the north-south line instead of crossing your paths. I was going to say, you know latitude or longitudinally but I didn't want to embarrass myself there with the wrong one and so this is probably it's been about three weeks so I don't know if you can tell me uh, what kind of hankering your ley line walker would have for being in touch with the ley line Um, you know that Tyler's got fair reason to be worried about the refugees and getting to town uh, we've kind of discussed Graham's you know motivations and what he feels about the people and so you, you you weigh in, you've got all the pieces. How how do you think you'd feel about that?
1: Uh, I think that ley lines are, you know, there's the intellectual knowledge, the academic knowledge that they can be dangerous, that, you know, uh, they are a resource that can be accessed by a number of people or creatures, uh, entities. You know, it's it's something that other people don't understand, but I think it's just so familiar. I think it's something that you know is a part of his education part of his vocation um it's been such a staple um interaction in his life especially um his previous life um that it's like it's 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 really calls to him i think he like wants it's like dipping your toe in the ocean uh after like years of being away from the sea which is you know hopefully something that uh resonates with with you gabe like must being from Hawaii and all like it's something you gotta have like on occasion oh, yeah. like it's like how long has it been since i've seen the ocean or been at the sea um and then you know it's like yeah that's that's my ocean and i think that's what the ley lines sort of are to Graham in the same way that like there's something to be, there's something mystic about them, you know, both the the ley lines toward the ocean, this parallel, um, that it's, it's inviting, but vast and terrifying and comforting all at the same time. And I think that it's such an itch, um, that there is probably like, like I said, this sort of mental struggle going on of like, I could get there. I could get down to it. It probably wouldn't even take that long. And, you know, this, this would be a simple thing to do. And I wouldn't have to stay there. You know, I can come right back. It's, yeah, it's like being on a road trip and then seeing that you could stop at the beach uh, when you haven't been to the ocean in like five years. And I think it's like, oh, but I'm, I'm trying to make good time. Who Wins. Oh, those PowerPoints are already spent, buddy. We're going down. <laughs>
2: I think that was uh, a fantastic look into into the psyche that is Graham. Though I appreciate your delving there, and so there's there's a Benny tossed on the tune. Um, all right, so how uh, does yeah, burrow we, work? Uh, I was to say, and you know, we got that curious trait. We got to
1: know where it's at. <laughs> uh, burrow. Let's take a look. Um, can allow the recipient to meld into raw earth, and then we can continue to move at half a normal pace. Um, or full pace with uh, a raise on the roll. So I'd have to roll regardless. Um, uh, Then there's a whole bunch in there about like, if you're using it to sneak up on somebody um, and how all that works, if you can get the drop on somebody, how the stealth works. But uh, outside of the combat aspect, it's just you make, uh, you roll the spell to cast and then just move at half your pace, basically which okay. I think can even probably be, yeah, uh, we could, I could buff it with another, um, PowerPoint to improve my pace. So basically like offset the pace penalty.
2: All right. Well, that's, uh, that's on you. You, you let me know what you'd like to be doing there, uh, spending PowerPoints wise, just mark that down and then give us a, what's up.
1: Oh yeah. What was it? We're definitely going to spend, uh, the appropriate PowerPoints to, cast this uh with a hurry thing like i really do think he just wants to like dip down find it be next to it uh and then dip back up like that's what he's thinking okay all right Fantastic. So i'll go ahead and roll that for you mm-hmm.
0: if tyler sees him like digging down into the ground uh he basically immediately as well trundles back over there pops out of the uh Glitter Boy and starts seeing what he's doing Uh, because he said there was a ley line and suddenly he's digging. Uh, I'm just as curious as he is as what's going on.
1: Oh, he's definitely not digging. He just he just dissolves into dirt. Mm. Uh, And I don't think he would have made any effort to let you know. Like, he hustled to the front of the um, the refugees, but didn't get past you, like presuming that you were still moving and not like sitting down on the ley line his intention was for you to have moved past it and him to come up behind so definitely people would have noticed uh because he's in front of refugees but there's no there's nothing obvious about what what happened to Graham. he just turned he dissolves into dirt and (laughs) and like yeah just falls to the ground basically like this pile of dirt then i continue on (laughs) without
0: (laughs) without doing anything
2: okay all right all right. Well, slash, you see all this going on. Uh, you see Tyler just sort of continuing. You see the refugees, kind of, you know, maybe some of them d- turn at the, at the sound because I'm sure there would be some some noise of shuffling dirt or or something displaced earth. Uh, and and slash, you as you're flying drag, you see all this happening. Um, and as as Graham has noted, it does not take long for him to just. Be swallowed up by the ground, and you heard him on the radio talking about the ley line. You saw him pushing up through the people as as Tyler kind of slowed in his stride, as Glitter Boy, and then and then continued on. You know, after turning to you, heard him radio back to Graham. So Slash, what's
3: what's popping through your head as as Graham dives into the dirt like a mole? Mm, well, I kind of feel that the whole thing's a little weird. The whole ley <laughs> line, ley walker. It kind of it kind of weirds Slash out. He's not into the whole. Magic kind of thing, like it's useful, but it still kind of weirds him out, so he just kind of he sees Graham do it, and he just kind of okay, he's cool to do whatever he is he's doing to do his thing with that ley line, and I'm just going to continue up here and keep a watch over things as it may be.: Okay, fantastic. So Graham, you you burrow your way down as
2: as only a focused, blinkered ley line walker can. And as you open it up to the ley line, which is indeed not even running through a a tunnel its own, it's just running through the earth. Can you make me a notice roll? I'm probably going to spend a penny on that. Oh, wow. So that was worth it. Okay. That was an ace looked like and a 10 on the die. Is that right?
1: Yeah. uh, D8, ace got another two. So
2: 10 total. Fantastic. Now drop me a little smarts roll in the chat just straight off the trait. And we're going we're gonna to close in here. A nine on the smarts roll. Okay. Fantastic. So as you get down, you feel that wash, that lovely, lovely wash, that the waves rushing over your feet as uh, using the ocean, as you so poetically put before. And you realize that the ley line shouldn't be running through its own tunnel, and it, it wasn't, or at least the top of it wasn't, but then as you break through a little bit deeper, almost greedily to try and get the 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 full effect of it, immersing your body in it as only a ley line walker would want to, touching these, these supernatural and eldritch powers, you feel a tingling in the back of your head. You remember that there is something called a line croc and they traverse ley lines and almost almost supernaturally, they can taste when something enters a current above or behind them. And you hear a screech from off to the east, okay, with the direction that this line is running. And you realize this ley line shouldn't be in a tunnel, it should be just through the earth. This, this isn't good.
1: Uh, I think there's, uh, a, there's definitely a sense of like fear, but there's a sense of like regret, like, ah, you know this could have been this could have been a great experience. this could have been wonderful and instead it's this um, I think Graham has like one thought of responsibility before he leaves um while he's still down here um, sort of burrowing through um and that's he would use the ley line transmission feature, <clears throat> which is the ability to Uh, speak and receive messages along the ley lines. Um, And I think he does a a wide broadcast. I think he just blasts across the ley line um, to watch out for this thing that like that one of these is here, the ley line Crocs, Uh, but then he's going to hurry his burrowing butt back up to the surface.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You actually feel the flow of the ley line disrupted as this thing moves fast enough and disperses enough energy that it seems to actually disrupt the flow, like a, a large ship coming up a river that's almost too small for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh it's definitely like it shakes him, but he yeah, there's there's a, a brief moment where he's like, I I gotta get out of here. But I don't know who else is has access to this thing, who else has has been around, and so that's why he's just gotta he's gotta blare out a warning across that. Um, so I think it's just sort of like a quick burst of, uh, this is a fellow walker. There is a crock on the line. Please be safe. Please be careful. Uh, and then just shoots up as quick as he can.
2: Sure. So does burrow replace the dirt or can you reverse it? or Are you leaving a, a hole behind you? Uh, I am the dirt buddy. Oh, okay. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah, no, it's, you, you meld into the earth. Um, It's called burrow because, you know, you you move through the dirt, but like we don't turn into a mole or anything like that. It's just we, it's like a D&D like meld into stone. Like you are the stone. Now you move through it. Um, Tracking. So we we move through the dirt. We don't displace any of it. We just functionally sort of, I mean, we displace as much as maybe one might imagine. It was like if we are dirt, then we just start shifting through.
2: Tracking. All right, and just like that slash you see you see Graham pop right back up to the uh to the surface, kind of pat himself down as if nothing really happened, okay, to kind you, of take uh,
3: things in stride <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of up in the air, just like, okay, well, I guess he's back, doing whatever magic weird things he's doing <laughs> your your traveling companions are very
2: understanding Graham it is. Without much Magic further weird. Without ado, uh, it is without, without much further ado, any further ado, that you come within hailing distance at last of town, the, what you assume to be the main town in the Barony of Pride's Shield. You hope you are finally at your destination if everyone in the village was on the up and up. And uh, Tyler, you note in the back of your head that you never actually passed anyone going the other way to the village. Um you know, like courier rescue party, anything, wagon train, supplies, nothing, and something that'll need to be checked on um sure, but i'm
0: I'm kinda looking also for you know the first person I can chat with uh in the area,
2: sure, so. You arrive about four hours after you started out, just as old Glenn said. There's some kind of tent city that seems to have developed around the outside of the town. The town, as you can see rising ahead of you, has beautiful, beautiful carved stone walls that are stacked as only um, perfectly square-cut stone can be, and... Graham, you immediately feel like, oh, these these had to have been cut by by magic. It's just this is too good. This is too good. That city wall over there. But yeah, this tense.
1: Impressed by that, by like the, yeah. the
2: craftsmanship.
1: Like, wow, this is like just sort of mumbling like out loud. Just like, that's really well done. Yeah. They must have some impressive craftsmen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think there's and, notes being taken. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. That's That's why all this is getting thrown in here now. But the tent city expands for maybe a quarter mile outside of the walls itself, at least on this side of the uh, this entry to the town, I should say. And as you came down the slope towards it, you saw that there is a river cutting through a portion of the wagon wheel, this sort of third of a wagon wheel that's laid out there. And Graham, as you near the city, you feel on the other side of the city entering your sort of, excuse me, your 10-mile spider sense, you feel not only a ley line on the other side and as the steps continue forward, not only two ley lines, but a third and a nexus that makes that Western nexus 20 miles off feel like a child's toy wooden block.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Graham is just sort of like he knows it's another thing. It's like this, this struggle between the academic, uh, and intellectual mind and the, The sort of unfettered emotional like i think he's trying not to be giddy uh but i think he's just so tickled it's like oh my goodness oh this is in the element i think there's like a little spring in his step i think he like uh nudges uh because he knows that slash is like up in the air and tyler's up at the front he goes to uh steven and sort of nudges him and he's like look at these walls this look at this construction this is Beautiful work. This is craftsmanship at its finest. This is, we have made it, Steven. We have done it. Uh, and the energy of this place. Uh, can you feel
2: that? It's, it's, it's overwhelming. I love it. I yeah. Love and then it.
1: immediately, like regardless of whatever, like doesn't even wait for Steven's response. Just get on, gets mm-hmm. on the radio. And it's just like, can you feel that guys? This is it. Made it.
3: Those, those are some really, really nice walls. I have to agree with you there. Graham those are that's the beautiful craftsmanship (laughs) so as we move through the
2: tent city with Graham losing it on the comms and nudging and throwing arms around shoulders you see a sign Tyler as you're up ahead I assume you're letting the group close as you get into this tent city and indeed people are stopping what they're doing children playing in the mud Uh, women hanging washing out on the strings and ropes and you know Men working on vehicles or on wagons stand up. And there's, there is a Glitter Boy striding down the street. And you do not see a lot of power armor out in this tent city here. In fact, you don't see a lot of armor at all. These look like the, the, we the people uh, that have made it to this, this barony here. And as you get closer, you see a sign uh, that spans the road saying, Pride's Shield, spelled with a Y, 10 credits to enter, but you can exit for free. And just past the sign, there's a small knot of people and vehicles at a rope across the road, just outside what you would call the city gate, and a little, maybe 10 by 20 shed next to the road, and on the roof is what's obviously a sentry. He's got a light railgun on a turret pointing back down, and he's standing up with a cybernetic arm holding binoculars up to his head, but he's he's not looking through them, he's just sort of staring at the glitter boy, a cigarette forgotten in his mouth, just like, huh. you don't see that every day.
0: Tyler's gonna like look around as he's coming up on this tent city. Is there, is there some people milling about, or is it it look um, like no one's around? What's
2: what's going no, on? In there the there tent are people area? around, kids kids playing ball and and women out with washing. This it's a very populated little little slum, if you will, outside the main city. And you know as you're sort of puzzling out why that may be, you see that sign where it's ten credits to get in. Uh, so this may just be the poorest of the poor, so there's no one in authority, but there are absolutely people around until you see that spy that guard shack outside the gate and the rope stopping people from getting in okay
0: um i'll I'll radio back to the other two uh uh guys we uh uh the sign up here says we're in the right place um but it is ten credits for each person to get in to to the area, otherwise it looks like you stay out in the tent area out here. Um, so I think we should, uh, go up to the gate and kind of ask some questions
2: on what's going on.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's make our inquiries. Um, sounds
3: like a good idea.
2: Sure. Well, as you move your way up there, you see the guard on top of the, on top of the shack sort of, you know, look down and say something that you don't quite catch. You must be on a radio and a guard pops out of the shed at the head of this milling crowd. That's at the rope stretched across the street and as he jumps up onto the hood of a vehicle parked right up on the rope, you see that he doesn't actually have power armored legs. He is also a partial conversion Borg with, um, you know, cybernetic legs, much like the gentleman up on the shed has cybernetic arms. Okay. The man on the truck holds a bullhorn up to his open face helmet, and he stops as he sees the Glitter Boy and then clears his throat. He's kind of staring at you, and there's a crowd of maybe ah, maybe 30 people between you and him. Okay. Uh...
0: I'll get on get on my loudspeaker and if there's people in my way otherwise I just continue walking right up to the gate. There's, and if there's there's
2: definitely people there in between me and it. Yeah, like they're waiting to get into the city. There's a a little barrier across the street. He's popped out of the guard shack. It looks like he's about to make some kind of announcement. So there's there's about 20 or 30 people and a couple vehicles between you and him in the road.
0: Okay. If that's the case then then you know Tyler's not going to try and cut in line or anything like that. Uh, But he uh, he will end up at the back of the line and make a big show because obviously, you know, he's starting to get used to the fact that everybody kind (laughs) of the glitter boy shows up and everybody's like her who? Uh, And so he'll he'll pull up his arm like he's looking at his watch on the glitter boy and just start tapping his feet and like put his (laughs) arms up in the air like, come on, let's go, let's go. But he doesn't say anything. He's just like making the moves like, oh, man, this is going to take forever looking at his watch.
2: I'd, I'd love to be the people at the back of the line, who or maybe in the middle of the crowd, like there's people behind you making a bunch of noise and starting to shuffle around, but the, someone in the middle of the crowd doesn't really look around until there's this sort of rhythmic thudding in the ground as a 1.2 ton suit of power armor taps its foot. Take a second, think about that. I uh, love the scene. So the guard clears his throat again, and he says in a very tired voice to the loudspeaker, Welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. Star, the heart of Pride's S.H.I.E.L.D., the only Western Barony with a lottery to paradise, away from the dangers of the Earth as we know it. Mm. <clears throat> and he goes on at some length about keeping the peace, behaving yourself, and as he starts to wind down, with his eyes lingering on the Glitter Boy more than the rest of the people, it'll be ten credits anytime you want to come through the gates to enter town, As the crowd groans, it's not to line anyone's pocket. It is just to help cut down on the amount of you riffraff coming in and out. Now, if you'll line up in an orderly fashion at our gatehouse here, we'll get anyone who wants to enter a map of the town and sort you for some accommodations. And with the
3: key, I'm going to radio down to Tyler. I'm about 500 feet in the air and I can I can hear the announcement over his speaker. You know, I I think I could probably get in there without paying that 10 credits. Uh probably, but uh that
0: railgun uh might hurt if they decide to shoot up in the air. Uh just saying. Plus I think, you know, 10 credits we can we can definitely afford that for this group. Uh, But I think I want to, before paying to get all the refugees in, let's uh, figure out what exactly where the, ref- where the refugees should be
3: and uh, where we can get them to. Yeah, we should probably go in and see the area first before we bring them all in. All right. Well, with that,
2: the guard as you two sort of have your conversation at the tail end of his announcements. He hops down off of the truck and... The, another guard comes out of the booth, and the two of them start talking to the guy in the lead truck. And, you know, the line begins to move forward apace. Is there any more planning you three would like to do before you get up to the front? Want to prep the refugees who are muttering excitedly behind you, Tyler and Graham, about this is it. We're, we're here. Did you hear him? Shield star. We're here. The heart of pride's shield.
3: I'm just going to fly down to meet Tyler and Graham.
2: I'm probably going
1: to... Um see if i have at any point taken information about like what do do these refugees have any money of their own like graham's immediately thinking like okay wow we're here what do we do with all these people what do they do with themselves like graham is not prepared to you know run a um like a halfway house for you know the refugees who now need to earn their way into the city or earn their keep once they're in the city so he's like furiously trying to draw up plans for like okay how can we how do we make sure that these refugees don't just live intensity all their lives yep and
0: and tyler will, will radio to you to the rest of you let's let's keep the uh refugees out here and figure out kind of what this place is because we don't we don't know yet and then uh let them know that we'll come back in a little bit and and let them know kind of what the lay of the land is and we can kind of work with them on, on what we need to do.
3: Okay.
2: All right. So, uh, you know, it's plan a plan. So you get up to the front there. Are are you going to try and like ask the refugees to sort of wait on the side of the road or let them just follow you up to the, you guys were the last ones in line before you got up. This feels like a pretty rotated and scripted thing. Like every couple hours they let people into the town You'd imagine with the, the coin and the tent city outside, they really are just trying to modulate the amount of people. And from the rumors that you heard, you understand why there'd be a huge influx and maybe more than their infrastructure could handle.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's sticking out to Graham. It's just like, if they already do this on the daily, of like, you know, we can only let people in at certain times, then, you know, maybe they don't have the like housing development for people for a bunch of newcomers. Um, and so I think, but Graham is probably not just gonna like let the refugees like wait in line with them, unknowing what the plan is. So he's definitely gonna like talk to Tyler and slash say, hey, we need to we need to let them know that we're gonna go in um and sort of examine the town and figure out what are what the best future for everyone looks like. Um, and we should probably make a point to take some people in there that aren't us. Like we are, I think it's important for morale that at least a few of these people get to come in and experience the city today. Uh, and you know, more eyes and more people to experience and and know what's happening here is valuable because we are not, you know, uh, your average citizen if you will. And I think he's sort of looking pointedly at uh, like gestures up and down to the power armor of the glitter boy. uh, And then sort of looks over at slash and goes, you know, just saying.
3: Yeah. I I agree. It would be very wise of us to go in and kind of check it out first. I was thinking the same thing because we have no idea what the housing situation is, what the in situation is. If we need to put these people up somewhere if there is even anywhere to put these people up right now, because what are we going to do if we take all these people in and there's nowhere to put them? So, but I agree also that we should take a couple of them in. Definitely talk to Steven, get him to pick a couple people to bring in and let's see what we can find for them.
0: Yeah. Let's, I think like Sarah and Steven might be a couple,
2: couple good people to bring in. All right. Let's,
1: Let's get talking then.
2: The, the group, the group is, saddened at this consensus amongst their erstwhile leaders, but they, they seem to understand and they like the two people that you've picked, obviously being two of the folks who've had the most interaction with your motley band. And so the remainder of the group pulls to the side, you know, the truck's pulling over in a, a widened space in the road. And the um, as you get up to the table, you see... One guard's sitting down with a big data slate, laid flat, and he's got his armored gloves off, and he's typing and swiping as the other guard waves the last group on, the one with the cybernetic lates who did the speaking, and he turns around and says, Hoo-wee! Another glitter boy, Hey, eh? One might think you justice nuts are getting tired of fighting. You're the, the second one we had through here in just as many weeks. Oh, really? Through here? Is he still... Uh, him
0: or her, are they still here?
2: Oh, I couldn't tell you that. Uh, 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 Jer. Yeah, you're on shift today. Hey, Jer. You, did he, does he shown us checked out in the database there? Jer's like, Sarge, we can't say that. He says, Oh, yeah. All right. So I can't actually tell you that. And I also don't know it. But he's probably still drinking himself to death. Apparently, he couldn't save his woman from some riff spawn or some shit. I don't know. He came through with a real sob story. But what are we dealing with here? How many people are we trying to let in? Uh, what kind of money you got? Um, what's, what, why, another Glitter Boy, good god, you cause such a stir. Well, you know, we try, uh,
0: and I'll, I'll again open up the front panel, you know, just kinda, you know, that hissing sound, and it pops open, uh, and I'll, you know, be right next to him, like, I'll walk right up next to him, so when I open it up, I'm within range to hand him something, and, uh, well, but right now we got five people we'd like to have come in and I'll pull out 50 credits and I'll hand it over to him. Uh So just like to get in with five right now and we'll figure out where we go from there.
2: Hmm. Yeah. All right, all right. Just five. Uh Rest of your group's going to stay out here. That sounds good. Uh Jared, we got room for all of these over at Maggie's or, or no. And the other guy with the data slate says, yep. Yep. No, They, the five can go to Maggie's for sure. Uh, the vehicles and the rest of the train could probably go park at Laramie's. That's the stockyard. He shoots at you over the over the slate as he keeps tapping away, and uh, they they they're just they're kind of staring at you, eyebrows up. So where I think yeah, is-
1: Graham sort of walks around the side of Tyler, uh, and his first is like, "Oh, don't worry about the glitter boy. We we'll try to keep him on a leash." Uh, now, if you find <laughs> gentleman kid, uh, you seem to have a, a wealth of information, uh, and Graham stares greedily at the data pad um would you be able to accommodate uh that full party there i think uh if i told you that there were 30 odd heads there um does the city have accommodations available for
2: for that many if we could pay oh the uh the city will accommodate anyone who can pay that's you know it sounds like immediately scripted line oh of course and Jair, the one at the data slate, says, "Oh, yep, yep, nope. Like I said, we've got room for you over at the stockyards at Laramie's. The vehicles can park out there. The people are welcome. And they've got sort of—it's a nicer tent city. Look, if I'm going to be honest with you, there's just a lot of people in town. But for five, Maggie's is still showing. She's got room, like beds, rooms for five. You can you can get in there, uh, so you can sleep. But you're in the city. You're safe. Look." Uh, and then Sarge cuts them up. Yeah, let's let's jump over to one of the key points here. We don't have the infrastructure to be taking care of everybody's gear. So you can keep the Glitter Boy. You can keep the armor. But just don't cause any ruckus. Because we've got a pretty mean set of mercenaries on hire at the moment. They kind of came on board a month ago. They tend to shoot first and ask questions later. They're one hell of a wild bunch, you ask me. I don't much like it, but... We don't have much trouble in town. So it's safe in there. That's good to know. Uh, now
1: is there, uh, what is, what is the work situation? Is there work for, for the people of this town? Is, uh, is it just another tent city of people trying to get by? What's, uh, I'm sorry to, to ask you so many questions. It's just, uh, you're the first, uh, uh, you know, fellows of, of authority, um, with knowledge, um, that uh, we've encountered in quite some time. This is a a
2: treasure, gentlemen, please. He leans back and says, so we're uh, assuming that most people come through here for Pride's game. Uh, That's Pride with a Y. And here in Pride's Shield, we offer the lottery to Utopia. And people come here to work. You used to have to pay your taxes, and citizens were allowed to enter the lottery. And someone was picked every so often, but now they get picked once a week, and it's a flat entry fee. Don't lose your ticket, though I heard they started tattooing on your barcode on your wrist down at the Magister's office, because people were losing their tickets, and faking identities, and all that business, so uh, you could get called next week when they do the drawing, or you could get called in a year, so uh, we've actually got a lot of vacant structures, but Men at arms such as yourselves could probably afford to set up some kind of shop of something, but people don't always have the wherewithal to start selling goods or trading goods. Maybe they didn't come with goods. They could be refugees, which he leans over, looks like most of you a lot, but uh, open a business, find a job. Uh, the real trick is getting to bed. It's definitely a city. There's been a lot of investment in infrastructure, and he glances back at the walls. As you can see, but you know, there's also been an influx of people, so the money can't really keep up with the workers. There's plenty of workers, maybe too many workers. It's all bureaucratic stuff, sir. I, you know, I there's another group of people coming down the street here. You, do you guys want it in or, or no? I'm I'm starting to get confused. Uh I'm terribly sorry, sir. Didn't mean to take up so much of your time, but thank you
1: so kindly for the information. That is uh, so helpful. Uh, you've been uh, just a, a model of professionalism. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great. Uh, you have the, the credits, uh, already for our party. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I hoped that we, uh, see you gentlemen again in the future.
2: Uh, uh-huh. right. All right. Uh, here's your map. He slaps it down on the table in front of you and he pulls out a pen and says, and, uh, Maggie's is just, uh, here. She's a straight shot down the road. If you want it a little later, Laramie's is just, uh, here and he draws an L with a circle around it. And there, uh, you're, you're off there. You, y'all, y'all go on ahead on in there
1: to the races as it were. Thank you, Sard. Thank you, Jer.
2: I believe, uh, if I caught that. He's, uh, he's already pulling out the bullhorn and he doesn't, doesn't pay much attention to you as you step away there. And just to double check here with the tech, does the fantasy grounds link does the map pull up? Yep. will show up. Yep. Yep. Cool. 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 All right. So that is the map that you have in, you are entering. Let me put a little arrow here straight ahead. So you're entering from the left side of this drawing on this third of a wagon wheel and Maggie's is a straight shot down the main drag with Laramie's just off to the... Uh, that would be off to the west there. Enter from the north. Direction's correct. And you see immediately upon entering the gate that this map that he gave you is like printed by the boatload and wildly inaccurate as there are cross streets all along this main sort of double highway. And it's not just a thin row of shops between these uh, these two lanes of highway here. It's like a three-row of two-story or one-story buildings. You can see another lane of of roadway there in the center, but what used to maybe be sort of a straight-shot bustling highway through the town has carts lining the side of it, market stalls, people sitting and begging. There's a few performers and buskers, and it's just an incredibly bustling, packed... it, It feels like you should be in a metropolis, but you know from walking down the mountain that this is a relatively small... What should have been Mining Town, although many of the older structures look to be very well-to-do, wonder a little bit about how long Pride's Game has been going on and how much money has been coming into this town.
0: As, as a quick question, is, is the, the uh, infrastructure here set up to handle a Glitter Boy walking
2: around town? Oh yeah, uh, this was a Mining Town, so the, the roads are mostly packed dirt, not heavily paved. It might be crushed gravel. Um, but you're not, you're not worried about falling through anything, but you might want to stay off the boardwalks in front of the shops. Yep. And, and also
0: just in general for getting around is the, there's, there's probably carts and stuff so I can just kind of stay in my lane and, and move through.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's not lanes so much as just sort of flowing traffic down one side and flowing traffic up the other. But as you start to move through the streets, the crowds are thick, but not so thick that uh, a Glitter Boy and a Flying Titan don't make a lane for themselves. Uh, you do not see a lot of power armor walking around. You see some body armor or pieces of body armor, some makeshift armor, lots of coats and dusters and hats. Uh, but you too, the Flying Titan and the Glitter Boy are the two sort of uh, set pieces as you move down the street.
0: Okay. Uh, so, what do you say we go stop at Maggie's and, uh, see what's going on there first? Uh, what do the four of you say?
3: Say, that sounds good, and then we can see what he was talking about getting the others set up so they're not in that tent city.
2: Carve a path, my boy.
3: Sarah says, yeah,
2: sounds good. And Steven's kind of looking around and going, it's, it's cool to be back around people. I like it. All right, and so i'll I'll
0: do just that i'll start start moving down the road. I'm not looking to run anybody over anything, but you know I'm not letting people oh. you know just get in my way type of stuff
2: yeah no one no one gets even close to slowing you down or stopping you as you begin to move through town and After a few minutes, you come up to a bundle of people who are blocking the street and a couple of vehicles who are kind of pulled up who didn't turn off on the side street in time, just three. And there's people be gathering in behind the last vehicle, so he can't get out. And it looks like there's some some speaker, or somebody over on a on a soapbox of some kind, talking at an intersection here, and he's blocking the main path.
0: Uh, I'll um, walk up to the vehicles and I'll just I'll just play you know traffic cop for a minute. Uh, I'm gonna put on the loudspeaker and just you know start pointing at <laughs> vehicles and stuff. You back up. You do this, you get out of the way. And uh just see if I can if I can do that. I don't know if I'm successful at it, but I'm certainly going to try.
2: Sure, sure, sure. What what skill or trait does Tyler have that you'd like to apply for this role here? Um I think I
0: would go with probably persuasion would be what I'm trying to do because I'm not I'm not trying to like, you know, threaten them or anything. I'm just using my size as a general Make sure I'm seen, type of thing. Sure. All right.
2: So go ahead and throw that roll down. Persuade roll sounds good. Oh wow! Oh. Uh,
0: that'll be a ten, ace twice. That was nice.
2: I totally word. expected
1: you to beef that, and it's I did and too. Double fricking aced it.
2: <laughs> well, what a roll for it! As you as you shout through the loudspeaker and get your commands going, and you know the three vehicles are are getting moved around the uh. Young lady comes running up from in front of that last vehicle as he starts to back him and goes, shh, who, who the hell, shh, can't you hear? He's speaking. And I, she's pointing back at the, the soapbox guy. And
0: I, I completely ignore that for the moment until I get this uh, taken care of and I'll just talk over her.
2: Yeah, no, the last vehicle's backing up. She, you know, came up at the tail end of it there. So it's, for all intents and purposes, the vehicles are clear. The crowd is turned and now looking at you. You are now the very center of attention. And the speaker is standing up on the box, looking at you with his hands raised like he was mid-sentence and he stopped to look at you. You're really not sure how long they've been doing that, but you probably wager the entire time uh, that you've been moving vehicles around.
1: I think Graham, uh, like, keys the, the radio... Uh, to get um, <laughs> to get Tyler's attention, and be like Tyler. I thought we um, didn't we establish something about uh, doing our best to not always be immediately uh, the center of attention wherever we went. I, I feel like we might have addressed this. I'm not 100. Well, I, I we couldn't get through. There's stuff in our way. So in
0: the
2: is We're that over the loudspeaker or is that over the Uh-oh. radio?
0: I think I think my response because I'm so busy trying to focus on. The traffic and everything. I've got this lady trying to tell me to shut up, and then you know Graham's Graham's trying to remind me that you know I'm doing exactly what we said we wouldn't do. Um, so I don't key off my my mic. So my response to him is like, "Look, I I'm trying not to stand out in the middle of the crowd, but we got to get the vehicles out of here, and everybody's talking at me, so I'm just
1: trying to do my thing." And as uh, Tyler, Tyler, so- Tyler, you're not we're not on the clock, bud. Where we got all the time. Uh, you, you've definitely put yourself
2: in this situation. Um, you know, I'm here for you, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you see this one out. So as you reply, Graham, and there's a, you know, silence from the glitter boy after that sort of stumbling, like, what? W- ah, you hear, um, a, a bellow start back up from the direction of the soapbox and. As your heads turn, you see that someone has handed him a helmet that he's not put on, but he's holding up to his face. It's a helmet from a suit of environmental body armor, so he's using the loudspeaker in that. And he continues, And see, my good people, more travelers find their way into our city, into our town, more strangers bringing whatever dangers they may to our homes. You must listen. The game is a sham. Pride's game, pride's folly is death. To you and to any who win, may his soul be thrice damned. Do you even know anybody who's actually won? Focus on your livelihoods, your loved ones. Don't let these empty promises, these strangers from foreign lands, fool you. And you uh, begin to hear beeping of horns and vehicles from across street, Tyler on your blind side as the the speaker comes to a lull in his in his tirade if you will and you see as you turn your helmet to this new distraction there are two hover cycles in front of an immaculate white hover sedan making their way around the corner onto this main street and the vehicles keep laying on the horns and they try to turn as they turn out behind the crowd and the hover cycles begin to nudge people out of the way and you can only imagine, as you were distracted by the speakers, how they got so close here. But the hover cycles are moving awfully close to the speaker. And the crowd is beginning to flow around. Because they were in the street. And you see now that he's standing on a, on a crate that's like right, right in the edge of the street. And as you look on, as these vehicles start to move, he snarls, And here! The mayor himself! He's here now! If you would just open your eyes, you sheep! You cattle! And he pushes like you see him shove someone into the road, not surreptitiously or anything. And the press of people is too much as that person stumbles over in front of the vehicle. And you hear his screams as the heat from the turbines cooks him alive. And that scream is like a, a big red button for the crowd. And that restless crowd leaps for the car, pulling the two uniforms off the hover cycles in front and the back of the sedan. And they begin beating at the windows. Our party stands behind this scene. What do
3: we do? Well, that was rather rude of him to just push him under that vehicle.
1: Yeah, this, uh, maybe this isn't the... I think maybe we're not seeing the city on its best day. Um, can we... Tyler, can I trust you to, as non-aggressively as possible, can we go ahead and get that injured person? I, I imagine nobody here has anything uh that's gonna harm you or the glitter boy armor. Just let's let's get that wounded out and I'll get him fixed up if we can. This isn't our scene. Perhaps we uh press on or at least don't I don't want to exacerbate the situation anyway. I I don't think there's anything that we can do. Uh
0: so Tyler's Tyler uh message you know Uh, at this point has probably come to his senses on his, his loudspeaker and, uh, turns that off real quick. Uh, I, I, I have to apologize, but I think we're going to the part where we get in trouble or at least I do. Um, (laughs) how far away from this vehicle and the person that got pushed in front of it? Am I away?
2: You're probably a couple strides for
0: you. You're probably about 20 feet away. So enough where if I shot my boom gun,
2: I'd quiet the crowd real quick. Uh, you would essentially deafen the entire crowd like it would it would be bad, and you get make me a smarts roll, Tyler, make me a smarts roll
3: a six before you do that, let me get up in the air, fire that boom <laughs> gun, I mean hang on here, it's cinematic, Tyler is acting,
2: <laughs> okay, what was that a six on yep. your smarts roll yep so I so succeed. that's a success you you think that firing a boom gun within the city limits might be some of that ruckus that sarge was speaking about but you know <laughs> for a verifiable fact that it would quiet the crowd with a swiftness uh, just to reiterate for those unfamiliar with riffs the boom gun is the glitter boy's shoulder mounted railgun that lets off a sonic boom every time that it fires uh which i believe seriously deafens anyone who is within 10 squares or about 20 yards of it
0: but that's that's ultimately temporary though, isn't it? It is. It's
2: for uh oh here it is 3d6 minutes and it makes the character shaken. So and if someone rolls a one on their figure die, they are also incapacitated. So it's like it's a big deal. But yeah, you could definitely fire that and you know with that smart soul, it would definitely quiet the crowd. And as you're doing sort of these split second calculations in your head. You see a head pop out of the sunroof on the sedan, and it's graying hair, and you hear him shouting, someone help! (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay, so at this point, uh, who, who pushed the person out in front of the car? Was that the guy that was
2: on the soapbox, or was that someone else? Oh, it was the speaker. Okay. Uh, And people were looking at the, cause it was a commotion, right? Horns and things. The crowd may not have seen it, but because you guys are outside of that, you saw him. He, he shoved someone to die. Okay. So Uh, quick question
3: from where I am with slash, would I be able to shoot over to the car, grab the guy out of the sunroof and get him away from the crowd? Um, yeah, you, you think you could probably do that. I mean, your suit gets
2: up to 400 miles an hour, so you definitely have the lift and the speed. But since we're doing this kind of cinematically, I want Tyler to kind of finish his thought, but that is something you can accomplish. All right. So pylons drop into the ground and I, okay. I,
1: if I see pylons, there's gotta be something we can interrupt there like that's got to be like a big trigger of like we know what happens after pylons drop (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah so you um, it it takes him in action to drop pylons so during that time and that's one that we can't like do a double action you can't drop and shoot so during that time well the pylons are going or actions so slash what's your move since you spoke up next and then we'll go to go to uh, Graham
3: well Tyler, if you're going to let that thing off, I'm going to make a break to try to grab that dude out of the car and get him away from the crowd. So give me like a second before you put a round off out of that thing, because I think that'd be a good way to shut this crowd up and get them calmed down a bit.
2: So as you, a round is six seconds, so as you take off and power towards that car, what is your move here, Graham?
1: I know that he's getting ready to fire the boom gun. And based on what he said, I assume that he's not going to fire it at anybody. Um, so I don't try to stop him firing it. But, I, you know, I've, I've sort of picked up on how he rolls with this. I'm going to try and cast silence on uh, basically on Tyler and the, the area around Tyler um, to... If possible, at least, like, dampen the sound, if not completely negate it.
2: That's interesting, and I feel like we're kind of working at odds. Can, can we pull up the spell silence? Is that on your sheet? Can I just click it up real quick? Uh, silence is on the sheet, yeah. If you get a
1: raise, everything within a certain area is nullified.
2: Wow. Kind of surprisingly, the first time that I've come across this. Um, okay, so you know he's going to fire the boom gun. You know why he's doing it you're going to try and cast silence on him.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't mean to be opposite the party. I just don't agree with this move. I think he's being too rash. Okay. Like my, my idea was that like, you know, obviously I started with this, like, let's not get involved. And he's like, I'm getting involved. So it's like, okay, I can't stop you from getting involved, but maybe I can downplay like possibly incapacitating a bunch of people everywhere is like making, a huge ruckus, right? And like I would Graham wants to us to fade into the background. I, I just don't think there's anything given that he knows what's about to happen and what powers Graham has access to. I don't think I can not be true to that move.
2: Okay. All right. Well, get us that, uh, go ahead and get us a, a roll then I guess, because casting that spell is a single round action for you. So, um, you know, everyone's taking their action. So, Slash is taking off, Tyler's dropping pylons, and you are casting silence. Go ahead and give us that roll
1: okay.' I spend a benny on it but i did I did try, so I don't even yeah. succeed at casting
2: I think this is very cinematic though i really I really love this. oh, so you don't succeed at casting casting no. at all
1: no i didn't I didn't get the threshold i uh I only got a three, so the bell doesn't even fire off like it's clear that that's what I'm trying to do. I mean probably not to anybody because they're probably not watching me yeah. but that's 100% what Graham was trying to do.
2: Okay, fantastic. So we'll come back to Tyler at the top of our narrative order here. And we see, you know, windows are starting to crack as people beat fists or maybe rocks against the window. And you see people trying to jump up onto the side of the hover sedan car. The only reason that the mayor hasn't been ripped out of the sunroof yet is because people can't quite reach him. And the bellicose street teller is, is, Saying, see, see the effect these these sins have on the people. And um, what, are, what is your move, Tyler?
0: Uh, I point the boom gun straight up in the air. Uh, so it's going, and make sure I'm not hitting slash, of course. Um, oh, targeting a computer on and everything. The, okay. No, you're- and uh, let the boom gun off.
2: He says so casually. Oh yeah, there's definitely
1: like Graham's definitely shouting behind him. Like Tyler, nope, Tyler, think about this.
2: <laughs> and so, you know, there's no rolls to hit here. There's no rolls to damage. You think? Can you roll damage for me, for the GM? Sure. Something's gonna feel it. Uh, only twenty. Oh wow! All right, with you know twenty armor piercing or something insane, but. Yeah, so you let the boom gun off into the air. Uh, unfortunately, Graham, the sound is discouragingly unfettered. And you you get the full wash of that noise being just about adjacent to him. So if you can give me a vigor roll for this sonic boom, and then slash, you are also in range, but I believe you have a bonus because you're in environmentally sealed armor. So you'll get a vigor roll Plus two instead of minus two. And then Tyler, of course, you are gloriously unaffected (laughs) as you feel the recoil or almost the lack of recoil as your suit does exactly what it was meant to do, at least compared to yesterday. So let off that gun. With a plus two, I got an 18 for the vigor (laughs) roll. Good God, man. You guys are acing dice left and right. Heck yeah. I like it. <laughs> so uh slash you pass your vigor roll and uh gram you also pass your vigor roll and so let me see here i think you you're fine actually if you pass the vigor roll you're just shaken you aren't deafened if i'm reading that right so we got any details on that there Glitterboy pilot
0: yep so uh, affecting everyone except the pilot with a large blast template who must check bigger minus two on a failure victim is shaken and hard of hearing for a 3d6 minutes this may not cause a wound on a critical failure so if they if they fail uh then they're shaken and hard of hearing if they succeed nothing
2: nothing happens to them that's impressive all right so our character party is all a-okay slash you, you knew it was coming. You just weren't quite sure when, and you are able to adjust for the, the shock wave that comes up behind you as you scoop the, the, who you assume to be the mayor up by the armpits or maybe just by the shirt collar out of the window of the, the, the sunroof there. Can you roll me a piloting check while we briefly address the narrative of this gun going off the boom gun fires windows shatter the buildings along the street, and the crowd in front of you falls to the ground, um, almost as if you had shot them down, Tyler. And some of them are still standing, but it is rare. As people who fell over with the sound, the shock, the fright, grabbed those around them as they fell and curled into balls. There are people along the sides of the street who sort of fell back on their on their on their butts, and ooh. Do you want to Benny that, uh, piloting role there, Slash? And, as I I said, (laughs) the windows across the, the buildings within about a 20 yard uh, radius have completely shattered, and there is silence, and you feel like you almost might be deafened until you recognize the hum of the city in the background, but it is very faint as everything, probably in about a mile radius screech to a halt when the boom gun went off whether they're inside or outside the effect this is a sonic boom which is easily heard
0: and tyler tyler has you know an ear to ear grin like he's seen (laughs) some of the old like pre-riffs uh of videos (laughs) Uh, and like the old westerns where you know the big crowd like this is like, right out of one of them, you know, it's <laughs> just, just perfect, like, big crowd needs to get attention, the guy, you know, the, the cowboy pulls out his gun and just, boom, up in the air just to get everybody's attention, that's, you know, that's what's in his head right now, and he's just grinning ear to ear, Um, and he starts walking forward and, like, specifically finding the person that was, like, up on the soapbox that's just getting these this group of people riled up and like, uh, we're, we're going to have a chat.
2: Sure. Sure. So, uh, the gun goes off. You start to withdraw pylons and, and, you know, set, reset the suit. So you can take those steps forward slash with your piloting role of four. You successfully scoop the mayor up as the echoes of the sonic boom are dying because you were in flight when it went off. So he's pulled out of the car as the crowd crumbles away and you bear hug him up as you fly uh, over the vehicle to the far side of the crowd and Graham, what's your next action here? The boom gun has gone off. You see slash clearing the, the mayor's feet clearing the moon roof there. What, what are you?
1: Um, I think although he doesn't you know, agree with the methods, he, you know, obviously also recognizes that, that soapbox guy was uh, the instigator of this. um, so I think Graham's going to move forward and try and push his way through. Um, he really wants to do his best to see if he can tend to, or just confirm, you know, the status of the, that person who's probably dead, but he's, he's got to know, um, so that person that was pushed under the vehicle, he's heading that way, but as he moves up, he's going to do another silence, but targeted specifically on that,
2: um, that grandstander Sure. so the grandstander is being dragged away by his collar by someone in environmental body armor and they are almost down a street across so behind him from where he was speaking because you were heading down the street vehicles came up from behind you he was ahead and on your right and he's being dragged down an alley um and you you see him almost disappearing around that corner yeah but you're, you know, you're making your way to the car and you can definitely still cast silence on him. He's probably only about 20 feet away at this point.
1: Okay. But if it looks like they're like him and maybe his people are like digging out is what it seems like. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's not a priority then. I think we're just going to try to rush over to um, the person that was, was injured. Like zero concern for um our own personal well-being and safety. Like if we have to like shoulder past through people, if you know we might get um struck by this, you know, mob, like zero concern, like we're going for this person if we can find them.
2: Like can the, we see them? The mob is the mob is zeroed out, reduced to cowering human beings, except for like one or two individuals. And those one or two are like just stopped and looking at the glitter boy because everyone has just been reminded about what that armor was built to do, and also reminded about how squishy they may or may not be in the uh leading moments, and so you can see under the car because most you're stepping over people at this point or just you know nudging them around, and there is definitely uh cooked meat under the car you would not deem it to be something you could save at this point in your career
1: that's that's what I thought um, yeah, I think uh we just sort of. Like I think he just pounds his fist on like the vehicle that did it, like the one that's right there, and like shakes his head, especially when he like looks over at uh Tyler and he knows that Tyler's like beaming like he doesn't have to be able to see Tyler's face right now to know that that kid's like <laughs> happy with himself right now, and it's just it 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 cuts so much harder too. Uh, because of the like good moments they've had, like this isn't Tyler's fault, but mm, you know, like it just sticks yeah. in there.
2: It just really didn't go according to plan for like anybody. So okay, all right. So Graham makes his way to the vehicle, gets to it, sees what's underneath, pounds his fist on it, and uh, looks back at Tyler and we come back, you know, Slash has cleared the vehicle, as we stated. So we come back to Tyler, you begin to stride forward through the crowd, and you see the, at this point, the, you know, the feet of the speaker disappearing down that alleyway, and you have a crowd to cross if you want to try and get there. Uh,
0: there, the crowd is probably, at this point, like you said, they're cowering, they're deafened, I can't talk to them to get them out of the way, and um, I don't tiptoe well with a 1.2 ton piece of armor. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm going to kind of do, you know, exactly what Graham did. You know, that, that smile on my face was cause I could get that guy because I saw oh, yeah. him just, you know, I don't know if what he's saying is at least partially true at this point in time, but he, he certainly, uh, is someone we don't want around as he's just rabble rousing and trying to, to do something that shouldn't be doing. And so he's just as frustrated, and probably about that time as he's shaking his fist he he probably sees Graham doing that and looking down at at the uh the poor soul that ended up under the car, and just you can see the glitter boy's head drop a
2: little bit, and damn it, I think that for just for the overall narrative, this is kind of the second not failure but second situation that was just too far got too far out of control too quickly for tyler and his attributes and his personality Um, and this is you know second time in as many days and i think you know graham actually has a similar psyche and may this may be something of note just for you guys to note in your characters that this is like the second time in two days that kind of suffered a defeat psychological defeat here in that the person you wanted to save is gone, and the person responsible has also just just been out, just out of reach, just gotten away and slash we come over to you, my friend, as you cradle the mayor to you. Uh, you've cleared the crowd, you've cleared the car. What is your next move here I'm
3: gonna fly over to Tyler and Graham and drop the mayor there, and hey, did you guys where'd that where'd that guy go that was Getting that caused all this trouble. I could go fly over and get him. I'm quick enough. If we still know where he is, i go catch his ass real quick.
0: Uh, he kind of ducked down an alley, so.
2: Uh, can either- I, uh, So go ahead and, I mean, you can roll me. Do we have
3: like a sensor roll? I think it would be notice roll for you, <laughs> Slash. And I think we looked. You- I was going to see if I could shoot up into the air and see down the alleys and kind of the streets. Because, you know, there's probably not a lot of trees or a lot of cover and no. see if I could see him, and no, then go after his ass. An alley between buildings. So, yeah, you can set the mayor
2: down. You you presume he's safe here in the shocking aftermath of the firing. Um, and you shoot back up into the air, just, you know, a quick, like, a power hop almost, you know, getting in 20, 30 feet in the air and looking, getting a good vantage point on that alley. And you see a sewer, a manhole cover laying open to the side. And you find it... Interesting to note if you'll make me a smarts roll real quick, we'll continue the narrative. Yeah. Oof. You find it interesting to note, it's just like, huh, sewers in a mining town. Uh, but you don't see. Like instead of saying he's there or he's gone, it's like, oh, this place has a sewer.
0: <laughs> Benny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me
2: get that real quick. <laughs> someone's using their bennies. A little better. Yeah, no, that's that's healthy. You assume that he's gone gone down the manhole
3: cover or something, but he's not in that alley anymore. I'm going to radio down to um Tyler and Graham and let them know that he's gotten away for now, but if we come across him again, we need to do what we can to get him.
0: Uh yeah, I kind of I kind of want to have a talk with him and see what 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 he's doing around here. However, we we do have the other person that I really want to talk
3: to uh, right here. Agreed. I'd like to. I've got something for him, too. A little less nice than a talk. As the
2: two of you uh, have that radio conversation, you hear a credit vehicle rolling up that side street, Tyler, behind you. Mm -hmm. And jumping down as a loudspeaker blares off. This is the city guard! Stand down! Stand down all! And uh, you see that there's a, you would presume to be a pilot, but he seems to be a maybe some sort of cyber hybrid, but well, there is a man wired into the front seat of this treaded sort of flatbed truck, and it just looks overly armored. Um, you could call it an up-armored half-track, sort of, but And jumping off the back of it are just this mob of partial cyborgs who you probably, yeah, I think Tyler would probably recognize as headhunters. These guys are scarred up, beaten up, the cybernetics are not new, but highly functional, and they are all carrying rifles, heavy damage, mega damage rifles. Just at a glance, you see that this is a group that probably shouldn't be messed with. It's about a dozen guards who are jumping off of this, this tracked vehicle here.
0: Tyler Tyler doesn't do anything aggressive uh boom gun is in its its stationary position point he did what exactly he wanted to do and i'm just going to look over the crowd you know i'll kind of i'll in fact like wave them like as i see them getting off i'll you know kind of motion them to come on over um as you know city guards the city guard as long as they're not going to start shooting random people i'm i'm cool with it but i also try to look for the two um hoverbike, uh, pilots
2: and make sure that they're looking okay. And if I, if I can find them. Sure. So the hoverbike pilots are actually, you know, they're deafened on the ground too. You think th- no one's skull looks smashed in. You think they look salvageable as human beings. Uh, mostly it was just like, they were pulled off the bikes and maybe stepped on or kicked a few times and that was all, but the bike pilots look good. And as you wave the guards over and you're very unassuming you know, one of the beefier cyborgs, he looks like a lot closer to full conversion than partial. It's like, all right, glitter boy. I don't think you're at the heart of what's been going on here, but I'll be looking to you for answers first. Any, uh, any closing thoughts or questions from my players here?
1: Um, I guess the final question, uh, does it look like it can be sussed out that this crew is the, like composed is composed of that band of mercenaries that, um, gate guard yeah. you're talking about
2: that won't take a notice rule you see like a poorly hand-painted replica of the crest that's on the sedan the hover sedan poorly hand-painted replica on the on the tread vehicle so you you assume it's up and you can see that same symbol on shoulder pads or on you know upper arms
1: yeah so i think the only like thing left for Graham is like just to key that radio one more time and be like okay everybody just be cool Tyler any closing thoughts
0: at this point you know seeing that you know we had in Tyler's mind um, he's definitely sad that he couldn't save everybody but at the same time he's kind of like you know but really we only had one person out of what could have been a really bad situation happen so he's he's that it's kind of that bittersweet type of type of thing he's like you know I gotta think again. How to deal with a new situation that just got out of hand. What I could do better next time.
3: Sure.
2: I think that's I think that's powerful. Was here. And uh we are going to be advancing next session. So your homework, everyone, is to pull up the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition, check out what an advancement entails, and then pull up the Riffs book and check out what an advancement entails for a Riffs character, a Riffs module within Savage Worlds. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to address that. But I don't think we need to do that on stream. And please, everyone, be prepared to talk about how you advanced and sort of some story points of what your character may have learned or how they grew in respect to what you chose to advance—be it rank, it you know, skill, et cetera, et cetera. And to all of our listeners, live listeners and podcast listeners, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for sending us a tweet. Thank you all for leaving us a comment, or subscribing to the podcast on your chosen platform. Uh, This is a lot of fun for us, and it's really cool to get your feedback, know how we might be able to make the game better, and also just chat with folks who are following along with the story. Let us know what you think.